Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time to break down some of our favorite and our least favorite bets for the Week 6 NFL slate. With me to talk about it all is Jared Smola, a senior editor over at DraftSharks.com. You can find him on Twitter at SmolaDS. Now, Jared is the 19th most accurate sports better over at BettingPros.com, and that is out of 158 experts, guys. He is no joke. Now, full disclosure, I'm 31st, so if you sense a little bad blood on the show, it's because I don't particularly like people who are purportedly better at things than I am. Nevertheless, Jared and I have agreed to bury the hatchet for the next 40 or 45 minutes or so and to try to offer some solid betting advice for week six. Jared, thanks a lot for coming on the show. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Um, it's going good. Uh, we're only five weeks into the season, so there's you know still plenty of time for me to, to fall down those rankings. Yeah, I haven't been following your rankings closely, obviously, but have you like just been up there from the entire beginning? Did you have a couple of good weeks, a couple of bad weeks, or what? I actually had a really good week last week. I think that boosted me up like 20 or so spots. Yeah, the last couple of weeks have been really, really, really difficult. So, uh, I mean, for you to come out ahead there is good. So, full disclosure, you and I need to write the ship here, okay? Because we had a raging hot week on this show for the first couple of weeks, but we have slowly sunk into mediocrity. Last week, I missed on both the over in the Broncos-Chargers game and the under in the Cowboys-Packers game. And I'm just going to lay this out there. I believe I went over on every single over under that I picked last weekend on bettingbros.com. And that's funny because I actually had rarely missed them at any point before last week. I just did not have a good sense for the amount of points that were going to be scored in week five, Jared. But thankfully, I told everyone to bet their mortgage on Minnesota laying five to the Giants. And a late garbage time DeAndre Hopkins catch won me the over under 86 and a half yard prop bet, which means I do not have to do this entire show with a British accent like I had agreed to do had I lost. Our guest, Greg Smith, had a rougher week. So, Jared, you've got to get us back on track. It is a big task. Are you ready? I'm feeling pretty good about this slate, so let's do it. All right. As always, we're going to get started with pick six, where both Jared and I are going to give three of our favorite bets for this weekend, either against the spread or on the over-under. And as always, I'm going to note that we are recording this shortly before the Thursday night game between the Patriots and the Giants, so we are not going to be making any picks on that game. But I have to be honest, I think the Pats are going to pull it out. So it's just one of those gut feelings I've I've got tonight. So let's hope that that's right. And if not, you'll know that I was wrong on that one. Anyway, if you want to see how I or Jared pick that game, you can go to bettingpros.com. That's going to show you how basically every betting expert who makes picks on the site made their picks for that and every other game. We're also going to be using the bettingpros.com consensus odds in making our picks. Those are the aggregate odds that you're going to find available in the market. All right, Jared, start us off. What's your first pick here? I'm going Falcons, Cardinals over 51. And, you know, really, they they couldn't have made this over-under high enough for me. I I was going to hit the over no matter what. So when looking at over-unders, obviously, you're going to look at the quality of the offenses and the defenses in the game. But that that stuff is baked into the numbers set, you know, by Vegas. So the stuff I like to look at for over-unders is the offensive pace of the two teams, you know, how how fast they play, and also the, the passing rates because... First of all, we know passing is more efficient and leads to more points. It also helps, too, because if you throw the ball, you're either going to gain yards or if it's incomplete, it's going to stop the clock. So when you're looking at you know games to bet over, I think you want to bet fast-paced teams that throw the ball a lot, and that describes the Falcons and Cardinals perfectly. These teams both rank top six in seconds per snap. 
They're both top five in football outsider situation neutral pass rate. Sorry, they're both top five in situation neutral pace, and they're both top 10 in situation neutral pass rate. So I think you're going to get a lot of snaps, a lot of passing, and a lot of points in this game. So a couple things here. First of all, how we do the podcast is I I tell the uh, guest to forward me their bets shortly before the show to make sure that I do not pick the same ones just because, you know. I, I as much as I could say, well, we'll do a draw. You pick one, I pick one. I, you know, let let the guests pick whatever they want. This certainly would have been one of my picks. I just want to put that out there. Uh, I think it's a great bet. And I, you know, first of all, everybody pretty much is on board. When you look at the bettingpros.com breakdown, sixty six percent are on the over. But I, I believe I can't be sure. I look at the lines when they first open. I mean, I think this opened at like forty seven or forty eight or something there. So it has moved dramatically up. So you would have loved it, I'm sure, if you could have gotten in there. From everyone I've talked to, all the money is coming in here on on the over. So I agree. I think it's a great bet. I think, you know, the Falcons are also desperate for a win. I think they're going to pull out all the stops. They just don't have the talent on defense right now. Once Keanu Neal went out, they always have the injuries. And, of course, we know, especially, I think this is the last game without Patrick Peterson uh, for the Cardinals. I think he had a six-game suspension. So I agree. I think it's going to be a shootout, and I love the bet. I'm a little annoyed that you stole it, but I'm going to come up with something that's equally as compelling, and that is the Jaguars and the Saints under 43 and a half. Uh, I'm kidding. That's not in any way um, compelling. Full disclosure, I obviously made my picks a bit earlier in the day, and when I made this pick the line was actually at 44 and a half, not 43 and a half. So I'm a little less bullish on this now that it's under 43 and a half, but shop around. There are still some 44s on it. And I locked in my pick on bettingpros.com at 44. Now, first of all, for now, I'm banking on Jalen Ramsey playing here. It's a bit up in the air, but it kind of looks like things are trending in that direction. And it's not as if I think he's just going to be able to completely shut down Michael Thomas single-handedly or anything, but I think that his presence drastically improves that defense. And even if he doesn't, I would still take the 43 under 43 and a half, because in the end, I think this comes down to two relatively strong defenses against two relatively mediocre offenses. I mean, you look at the Saints. Last week, Bridgewater aired aired it out completely, but that was basically just Sean Payton attacking a glaring weakness in his opponent. The Bucs are strong against the run. They cannot in any way stop the pass. That is not the case with the Jaguars. I'm sure Bridgewater is going to go back to what he usually does here with an extraordinarily low average depth of target, and the Jaguars are particularly good at defending receivers after the catch. On the ground, I know Christian McCaffrey tore up the Jaguars last weekend, but overall, they've generally been solid against the run, and I watched that game closely because I had a lot of action on uh, the Panthers laying three and a half, but it looked more to me like breakdowns in communication, poor gap discipline by the linebackers and the safeties. I didn't really see all of a sudden some glaring weaknesses in their run defense. So I expect that to kind of be cleaned up. And of course, news broke shortly before we were coming on that Alvin Kamara popped up on the injury report today with an ankle injury. So that's never good when you see somebody come up. He's purportedly going to be fine, but either way, he's going to be a little limited. Now the Jaguars are coming back home here after a few road games. They're still an exciting team with Gardner Minshew leading the way and the crowd's going to be into it and I expect them to put up a solid defensive performance and they're also getting a lot of money by being a small underdog here with the spread so I think that sharp betters probably expect them to come ahead and I think that probably means that they expect a low scoring game now on the other side we know the Saints defense they're excellent against the run Marshawn Lattimore basically takes out your number one wide receiver James O'Shaughnessy is out for the year with his ACL tear and he had become kind of a reliable option for Minshew so that's one peg down on the offensive side this just 
strikes me as a hard-hitting, close game that's going to be relatively low-scoring, kind of closer to what the Saints and the Cowboys put on. So I'm going to roll here with the under 43.5. I love that call. I'll add one thing. I talked about the Falcons and Cardinals both being fast-paced teams. The Saints and the Jags are both slow-paced teams. They rank 25th and 29th in situation-neutral pace. So I think I think the, you know, the play volume is going to be down in this game. Already, we are completely on the same page. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to love what, whatever your second uh, pick is. I love it already. Go ahead. Chiefs minus four versus uh, the Texans at home for the Texans, importantly. And the line seems to be moving against me here. Um, this, I think this line opened at like five and a half. Oh, no, seven. no, 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 no. Just to be clear, this opened at eight. At eight. Eight, eight because wow. I did it on Monday. And we looked at it at eight, and it <laughs> dropped to five almost immediately after that Sunday night. It opened at eight, and boom, they hit it down to five. Like in yeah, five eight, eight is too much. I mean, I, I'd take Houston plus eight, but I think you know, especially now when it's down to four, which is a pretty key number. I just think this is a recency bias bet. I mean, we all just saw the Texans smash Atlanta, put up that huge offensive performance, and then we all just watched the Chiefs lose at home in prime time to the Colts. Prior to last week, though. The Chiefs were 9-2 and two in their last 11 home games dating back to the start of last season. They outscored their opponents by an average of 12 points per game in those home games. So I'm just going to bet on the Chiefs bouncing back at home. I don't think they're going to lose two games in a row, especially at home. So I think, you know, minus four with that offense, I think they can cover that four points. I cannot believe this has dropped to minus four. I mean, that that's a, a ridiculous drop from mm-hmm. the fact that it opened up at minus eight. Now, let me ask you, I, I haven't seen anything today. I, we were talking before this. I've been really busy on the day. Is is Hill cleared to play? Does he look? I know he was limited in practice, I believe, yesterday. I didn't see anything about today. Yeah, he was limited again on Thursday. So I think okay. as far as we know, you know, he hasn't got that final clearance to play. Sammy Watkins missed practice again on Thursday. So He's he might out. Be out. There's no yeah. way Sammy Watkins is going to play in this game, I not agree. after essentially being a zero in the last game. Out of curiosity, if Hill can't suit up and Watkins can't suit up, because I'm pretty sure Watkins is not going to be able to, does that at all damper your enthusiasm for this bet? It would make me think twice about it. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe the line drops to three if that happens. Um, yeah. I, again, I, I'm just betting on Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and just how, how good the Chiefs have been at home really for a while now, and, and especially you know dating back to the start of last season. Yeah, I mean, Sunday night was pretty shocking. I think the books probably won a crazy amount given that Indy won outright, um, let alone you know covering. Uh, the betters are with you, 67% on bettingpros.com. The experts are, are going with you. And you know we have a breakdown between the general uh, betting experts that we have and the top 20% most accurate, which, of course, Jared is part of, as am I. Um, and they're with you, too, 64%. So this looks like something uh, that's generally going to be thought of. I agree. My one concern, honestly, above the wide receivers is whether Mahomes is fully healthy. Uh, I know he banged up his ankle a little bit again in the last game. But I completely agree with you, man. This is something where, you know, before last week, nobody was that excited about the Texans, right? And they come out and they destroy a team that has no defense whatsoever. I mean, the Falcons are laughable at this point, given all their injuries. So I think people got a little too excited about it. Arrowhead, despite the Sunday night dud, is still one of the toughest places to play. So I'm with you as it's four. I was a little concerned at five and a half when it was there. Certainly eight, I was I was with the Texans. Um, but once it's down to four now, which actually I didn't even see until shortly before, because when I checked before it was five, um, that's a good bet. So I'm backing you there. 
I'm going to stick with the over-unders, considering I need to get back on the train after last week. Uh, And I'm going to go with the Cowboys and my Jets over 44. And again, this is one where earlier in the day when I took the bet, it was at 43. Now it's at 44. I'm again not quite as bullish as I was, but I'm still going to take the over here. Now, as I said, I'm a Jets fan. By nature, I am pessimistic. I am more than willing to kill this team as I do with my cousins on an ongoing four-year tech string. But I mean, you throw out every single thing that you have seen from the Jets offense right now. Throw it all out. Luke Falk is not an NFL quarterback. I'm a full believer in Sam Darnold. And although I don't think he's going to be at full strength here, it takes a while to be cleared from mono, even after you're quote-unquote cleared. It takes a while to, to be recovered. And Chris Herndon is down. But I think Darnold has shown chemistry with both Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson in the past. And the Cowboys, in particular, they let up a lot of completions and a lot of yards after the catch. They're not a team that you can usually throw deep on, but they do allow a ton of underneath stuff. And I think that works well for the offense that Adam Gase wants to run, and particularly with the presence of Crowder. As a general matter, the Cowboys' Achilles heel in general is pass catching running backs. That's basically... What we're looking at here with Le'Veon Bell, the Cowboys just struggled as a tackling team as a general matter. So a guy like Bell is going to continue to get fed and he's probably going to do some damage. And look, the Jets have an abysmal offensive line, like one of the worst in the NFL. But the Cowboys rarely blitz, just 17.6% of the time. And even when they do break through, which they will, of course, Darnold has some elusiveness so he can extend plays even when the line breaks down. Plus, Dallas plays the Eagles next week, and I think they could potentially be looking past this game. Now, on the flip side, the Jets' defense is getting a little healthier. They're still down C.J. Mosley, and it sounds like Tyron Smith is probably going to be back here, which really is a huge difference maker on the Dallas offensive line. Now, Collins may miss another game, so the offensive line isn't at full strength, but the Jets have six sacks all season. They're not exactly going to be pressuring Dak no matter who is up there. They're actually pretty stout against the run, but when you look at their secondary with Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts, they're really soft in coverage, and I'm a believer in this Kellen Moore-led offense. I think that last weekend, they just kind of outsmarted themselves. They go in way more pass-heavy than they needed to. They should have just pounded the ball on the ground against the weak Green Bay run defense. I expect a more balanced attack here and for them to be able to score. In the end, this overbet really comes down to that I expect the Jets to be able to put up points here. I think Dallas is likely going to match them. I expect them to win the game. So I will take the over at 44. And I'm not taking it, but I kind of would lean the Jets plus seven. I'm not making that one of my picks, but for me, I do expect the Jets to put up points here and I expect Dallas to win and put up points right with them. So I'll take the over on the 44. I'm convinced. And um, my third pick here is the Jets plus seven at the Cowboys. Oh, Um, (laughs) I think, you know, home, home underdogs, never a bad idea, especially when you're getting a full seven points. I mean, yeah, that's a key number. Um, So we look at the Cowboys here. They looked like world beaters those first three weeks. They beat the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins. And they come back the last two weeks and they, they you know, lose to the Saints and the Packers. And you know, those aren't bad losses. Those are two good teams. But I think we need to dock them a bit for just, you know, the teams they beat those first three weeks. So I think these teams are closer than that spread would indicate, especially with Sam Darnold back, as you mentioned. I mean, I'm a Sam Darnold advocate, too. Even if you're not, though, you have to admit he's a massive, massive upgrade over Luke Falk. So I, I think, you know, seven points at home for the Jets is, is too much for them to be getting. You would be a massive upgrade over Luke Paul, <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm now rechecking my email and I see that you made that pick. So I'm glad I didn't take that bet because <laughs> I actually missed that in your email. Um, 
Yeah, I, I just think, you know, this was at eight and a half when it first opened. And I feel like I should have jumped on it because, you know, I'm, I'm not that I'm, I'm all that plugged in. But as a Jets fan, I'm following the situation pretty closely. And it certainly looked like Darnold was on track here to play. I mean, he, he was almost cleared last week. And I, I'm really bullish on the kid, you know, and I like the offense. I know that they didn't put up a ton of points against Buffalo in week one, but you're seeing that Buffalo offense, uh, defense right now, right? They're legit. So the fact that they were pretty much in control, I, I really think this is going to be a good game. I, I would have felt better about it had the Cowboys won last weekend. You know, I could see them being a little bit salty here um, as they're coming off back-to-back losses. But again, they've got Philly next week. That's going to be kind of the game. I could then a buy after that. So I could see them kind of looking past this a little bit. So I like it. Jets minus seven, 100% agree. I'd be all over that as well. I'm glad I didn't accidentally pick that one, um, but we both like, I guess, a, uh, I like a high-scoring game. You like uh, the Jets uh, uh, getting seven here. Now, my last pick is something that I'm, I don't even want to say, but I'm going to say it because I have to, because that's the whole point of the show. I'm taking the Dolphins getting three and a half from the Redskins. And yes, I feel gross about it. But I also feel gross after I order steak with a side of steak. And I'm still doing that this weekend at Peter Luger's. So you know what this line is? This line is bookmakers saying we want people to bet on this game because nobody is betting on this game if it's at three or two and a half or anything like that. They just want to make this line one that you look at and you go, wow, hmm, that's kind of interesting. And the betting breakdown, when you look, is pretty even overall. And both Jason Logan, who is on the Monday show, and I had the same exact reaction, and that is that I am not positive that the right team is favored here. I mean, I get it. The Dolphins have a negative 137 point differential. So that's not great. But the Redskins are a disaster. I mean, they just fired their head coach and the Dolphins are an equal disaster. But Josh Rosen actually hasn't been all of that terrible. And they've played some games pretty close, particularly in the first half, like they did against Dallas. Now, there are a couple of warning signs here. First, the Redskins defense in front is not terrible. Deron Payne, John Allen, Ryan Kerrigan, they can all get to the quarterback. And that's especially true when you have a line like the Dolphins that make the Jets look like the best offensive line in the world. Second, the Redskins are starting Case Keenum this week, which in my opinion gives them the best chance to win. And if that doesn't tell you all you need to know about why I like the Dolphins here, then I don't know what will. Now, there's these reports that have come out today about how Adrian Peterson is saying how, wow, they remind me of the Saints and our practice is so good. You hear stuff like that all the time. Uh, Overall, I just think the Dolphins either pull this one out or they at least keep this close in a home game. Like I said, Rosen has not been terrible. Preston Williams has been a nice surprise. Devontae Parker, as always, has shown the occasional flash. I think Albert Wilson is on track to return here, and the Redskins just don't stop quarterbacks. They're worse than the league in third down QB completion percentage and passing yards allowed on third down. The Dolphins have had a buy to game plan around the defense here, and yes, they are tanking, but Brian Flores can't really be okay with just going over 16, right? I mean, the variable really the only thing that makes me even a little sort of hesitant about this one is the fact that there is the coaching change. That is just a variable that you can never know how a team's going to respond. Now, he loves to run the ball. He's been in charge of the run game all year, and the Dolphins allow 4.75 yards per carry. So it's possible that this coaching change energizes the team and they just run Adrian Peterson 
into the ground. But the fact that you're past that key number of three is really what does it for me. And Jason brought this out on Monday, by the way, but I do want to reiterate this in case you missed the show. If you don't want to take the Dolphins here because they're the Dolphins, I understand. Consider at least taking them in the first half because they do absolutely nothing in the second half, but they keep games really, really close in the first half. So at least for me, I would go for it on the first half, but I am going to throw up in my mouth a little bit and take the Dolphins getting three and a half. So I think the fact that Callahan is talking about, you know, running Adrian Peterson 20 times is good news for the Dolphins because I just don't think Adrian Peterson has anything left. So I, I think, you know, as crazy as it sounds, Case Keenum to Terry McLaurin is, you know, the, the Redskins' best chance of moving the ball. I definitely would not bet the Redskins as road favorites. That seems insane. But I, I just can't put money on Miami after what I've seen for the first four weeks. So for me, that game's an avoid. I think that that's totally understandable. And the idea here, I'm not kidding that I'm saying, you know what I really like? The Dolphins getting any amount of points to <laughs> anyone. But it, it, real, realistically, honestly, the Dolphins are terrible. But the Redskins are equally terrible. And the Dolphins are at home. And they're getting more than the key number. That's really what it is. If it, This is why I think, like, honestly, this was just the bookmaker saying, can we just get some action? on this game somehow whatever we need to do throw it out there and see what happens because if it's two and a half you're just like i don't want any of this at all but right now with this it's getting a fair amount of action from what i can see it's roughly split down the middle exactly what they want so i'm going to really just feel grotesque all weekend long but i'm going to here take the dolphins getting (laughs) three and a half so let's recap here before we move on You've got the Falcons and Cardinals. I believe it was at 51. Is that right? Or is 51 and a half? Yep. 51 is the number 51. I last saw. But as you said, you would take it over 60, right? You're, you're all about it, right? There's <laughs> yeah, no I number mean, that could scare you off. Though. I mean, honestly, 54, I'd still feel good betting the over. My goodness. All right. Pour all your money into that and blame Jared when you lose. Uh, <laughs> Falcons and Cardinals over 51. The Chiefs, who are now laying four to the Texans. And the Jets plus seven against the Cowboys, which I heartily endorse. All right, as for me, I am taking the Jaguars and Saints under 43.5, the Jets and the Cowboys over 44, and the Dolphins getting (laughs) 3.5 from the Redskins. Now, before we move on, I want to tell everyone about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Now, you know about BetMGM already, and in particular, the BetMGM Sports app, because it's the easiest and best way to place a bet if you're in the state of New Jersey. Just search for and download the BetMGM Sports app on your phone or visit BetMGM.com. You sign up for an account and you can place a bet right from your home. And once you sign up for an account, you'll want to pay attention because BetMGM offers boosted bets and promotions across all major sports. So you could be looking at VIGs at like minus 300 or minus 400 or something, but with a boosted bet, you can get even money. They also let you track your bet in real time and they offer early cash outs where you can actually settle a bet before the game ends that lets you lock in your winnings or cut your losses early and if you sign up right now you can get a free 500 dollars bet here's the deal when you download the bet mgm sports app and you sign up using our promo code harris that's my last name harris then your first bet of up to 500 dollars is risk free if you lose bet mgm is going to credit you the amount you lost up to 500 dollars for future wagers Just download the app and use the promo code Harris to claim the promotion, and you can go to betmgm.com for further details. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet. Visit betmgm.com for the full list of terms and conditions, and if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
All right, Jared, let's move on here to It's a Trap where we list the line we are avoiding this weekend. Now, you already mentioned the Dolphins, but you can't choose that one, obviously. Go ahead. What else you got? I'm really tempted to take Carolina, minus two. Um, you know, they, they they lost to Tampa in that week two game, but, you know, they were, uh, you know, a yard away from that touchdown that would, I, th- I think, gave them the lead. Um, and Cam Newton was playing on, you know, one foot in that game. My concern here is that this game's in London. I mean, it, if this game was in Tampa Bay, I, I'd take Carolina minus two. But th- these London games, I just feel like there's always something funky going on. We saw it last week, the Raiders beating the Bears. I think if that if that game's anywhere in the U- in the U.S., the Bears win that game. But, you know, something about London, I think, adds some volatility to these games. So I'm just going to avoid Panthers box, even though I, I, I do think the Panthers come out with a win there. Oh, so that's interesting. So you would feel better about the Panthers (laughs) if they were actually in Tampa Bay as opposed to playing in London? I would, yeah. I mean, come on. The the Bucs don't have much of a home field advantage anyways. Boy, my best friend is a Bucs fan. He is going to be (laughs) mad when he listens to this. Now, I will say that, again, this is what I I like in tracking these lines. The line has moved. It's now Tampa Bay plus two and a half. Um, I assume that that doesn't do anything for you considering you like Carolina. But it's interesting when you look at the breakdown on bettingpros.com. And this is what I love to do because I got to be honest, we've had a run of fantastic guests on the show. You included, buddy. You're you're great. Um, It's 51% Tampa Bay. 49% 49% Carolina. So the bet, the betting experts are basically split right down the middle, which I always think is perfect when you're talking about a game to avoid because nobody really knows what's going on. So I'm fine with that. I agree with that, by the way. Uh, uh, London certainly adds a variable to it, and you never really know what to expect. Uh, London's oddly you know, interesting. I've been over there when the Jets played the Dolphins, and whoever is the home team, they really do come out to support. So it's almost <laughs> quasi like a home game for the Bucks over there. And as you said, their regular home field advantage hasn't been all that great lately. But I think that's a really good pick. For me, I'm going to avoid the Broncos laying two to the Titans. Now, I think probably I can skip this segment altogether at this point in any future episode and say that I am always avoiding the Titans, no matter what, <laughs> because I don't know what I am going to see from the Titans ever. They have a really strong defense, but they are the most frustrating team I've had to watch in a while. Meanwhile, the Broncos are much better than their record, and they've lost several close games. I think Tennessee is probably the slightly better team here overall, but I have absolutely no confidence in who is going to win this game in Denver. I'm totally out on it, and I'm sorry, sportsbooks, if you're listening. I'm advising people probably never to bet on a Titans game either way, because I feel like you just don't know what you're going to get. I'm with you there. I don't think I've gotten Marcus Mariota right from a fantasy perspective all year. Um, I agree with you that Tennessee is a better team. Denver tends to play well at home. I know they've lost a couple of heartbreakers at home so far. I, I kind of think Denver pulls out the win there, but I, I'm with you. I'm staying away from that game. Yeah, I mean, if the Broncos were getting a couple of points, because you sure. can see them, right? They're they're in the end a team that can, like they did with the Jaguars, right? Dominating the game, and they just find a way to kind of let it go. They didn't against uh, Los Angeles this weekend, but they're just not a team that you can feel confident in. At home, it's a tough place to play. It always has been. But really, that's the thing. You don't, sometimes Mariota shows up and you're like, wow, look at this. This is a, you know, this offense looks fantastic. But at this point, I just feel like it's a complete shot in the dark. So I'm avoiding them. So I'm, I'm avoiding uh, the Titans getting two from the Broncos. And you are avoiding the Panthers who are actually laying two and a half to the Bucks in London. 
Now, real quick, before we get to our final segment, I do want to remind everyone about our contest where we're giving away a signed Alvin Kamara helmet, courtesy of our good friends over at Pristine Auction. You got a couple more weeks to enter. Actually, at this point, that's not true. You have a few more days to enter, so go ahead and do so. Just leave a review for the show on iTunes or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. If you entered last month's contest, you are already in, so no worries there. All right, Jared, it is time for Top Prop, where we list our top player prop of the week. As I said, I won the DeAndre Hopkins bet last week on a garbage time toss, so I am feeling very confident in mine. You can go first, though. All right, I'm going back to that Falcons-Cardinals game, which I love. I'm going Matt Ryan over 350 passing yards. I'm getting plus 146 on it. Um, Obviously, a big number, 350 yards. Ryan's already averaging 331 yards per game this season. He's tied for the lead league with 222 pass attempts. And I really don't think that's a fluke. I mean, this this Falcons team is a pass-heavy offense. They're fifth in situation neutral pass rate. So that, that's, you know, when, when the game is within one score, when the game flow isn't dictating play calling, that the Falcons are throwing it at the fifth fifth highest rate. I think this should be another pass-heavy game against the Cardinals, who, like we've said, are still missing Patrick Peterson. They're still missing Robert Alford, too, their number two cornerback who's on IR right now. Um, so lots of plays, lots of passing, good matchup for Matt Ryan. I think he goes over 350. I mean, three... What, plus 146 when you're over 350 you know when you don't think about the situation or you don't think about the quarterback or you don't think about all the stats sounds crazy yeah. right you're like 350 geez what are you gonna do there you know I believe I think last week Greg Smith might have taken Kyler Murray over 350 which was at like plus 400 or something crazy <laughs> right um which he didn't win unfortunately but yeah. yeah that's the thing I mean Ryan basically does that you know every other game this game is going to be high scoring as you said um, so I like that one actually a lot. You know, when it, when you first said it, I thought of the 146. And I was like, yeah, 350 at 146. <laughs> that's, that's just not enough. Yeah. But really, it, particular with Matt Ryan and in this game, I do like it a lot. So that that's a good one. For me, I'm going to go a little more conservative, uh, and I'm going to take Stephon Diggs over 59 and a half yards at minus 114. Now, Diggs did not have a great game last week, and he has topped this total just one time this season. But the bottom line is that the Eagles' strength is really their run defense. So I expect the Vikings to need to go to the air a little bit more on Sunday. So why digs over Thielen? Well, first, Thielen's number is higher. It's somewhere in the 70s. But basically... Diggs has seen seven targets in two games this year. Every other game, he's maxed out at four. He's seen the seven targets in games against the Packers and against the Bears. And in both games, Cousins was pressured and needed to get rid of the ball really quickly. And that is what I see happening here. I see Diggs getting a lot of targets, most of them quick, as the Eagles pass Russ is going to be able to get to Cousins with Minnesota's weak offensive line. Neither Russell Douglas nor Craig James can really hang with Diggs at this point. I don't think we're going to see a 100-yard game necessarily or anything like that, but some Something in the 70 to 80 range, especially given that Thielen got the squeaky wheel treatment last week. I think the squeaky wheel treatment is probably coming Diggs' way anyway this week. But especially, I think this game in particular, because of the pass rush, sets up well for him. Because I think he excels when Cousins needs to get the ball out quick. So I will buy something in the 70 to 80 range, which means I'm taking Stefan Diggs over 59 and a half yards at minus 114. The fact that Diggs over under is 59 and a half yards against the Eagles is just very sad. I mean, he he's just getting wasted in that offense. He is such a good player. Um, I mean, I if I'm the Vikings, and I know they want to be a run-first offense, but in this matchup, the Eagles are so good against the run and so bad against the pass. The Vikings really should throw up more than we've seen over the past 
uh, you know, the first five weeks of the season. So I, I like that bet with Diggs over 59 and a half. Yeah, in the end, I think they're going to be a little more of a balanced team. I get that they want to run. I, I get that that's to what they want to do and lean on their defense. And I don't really have a ton of faith in the Philadelphia offense. I mean, I think if people are taking a ton of positives from last week's game against the Jets, I think that's crazy because I did not think they looked good whatsoever. Again, you know, anybody could go out there and beat the Jets with Luke Falk starting. I think a lot of it was on their defense. I don't really love their you know offense really at all especially against a tough defense like the Vikings so I'm a little worried about the game flow in this game being something where well it could just be sort of a close low scoring game and they still will rely on the run the Vikings because that's kind of what they like to do but in the end I think last week what we saw and look I I get that it was a super soft matchup against the Giants but I think they look better when they're a little more balanced and they throw a little bit more and I think they know that and I think Diggs is not getting traded this year I He's just not not with that contract. They need him. He's a great player, as you said. And I think in the end, not only are they going to make a little bit more of an effort to get him the ball, but I think in particular, this game sets up really well for him. So I, hopefully, the fact, I agree, the number is preposterously low. But again, he's topped it once, once this entire season. So it isn't something that's a sure thing by any means. But I definitely feel that given the game flow. It's going to be a winner. So you are taking Matt Ryan over 350 passing yards at plus 146, which I also really like. And I'll take Stephon Diggs over 59 and a half yards at minus 114. Well, that is going to do it for today's show. Thanks for joining me, Jared. Can you remind everyone where they can find more of you and your work? Yeah, you can check out my uh, fantasy football stuff over at DraftSharks.com. And then you can follow me on Twitter at SmolaDS. That's S-M-O-L-A-D-S. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. I hope we can talk again soon later in the season. Yeah, it'd be great. Thanks for having me. All right. I want to remind everyone about BetMGM, where you can place your first wager of up to $500 risk-free. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to be entered into our Alvin Kamara signed helmet giveaway. It ends in just a few days. Good luck with your wagers this weekend, my friends. We'll be back breaking down the early lines next week.